Hey yo, what up, 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 uh, It's your boy, the great Rose Skip, checking in one time for the one time. Uh, man, we'd like to welcome you to another edition of Fine Wine, where of course gets better over time, believe, mature, and become poet up, baby. <laughs> There's that clump lab, spiritually. Anyway, I digress. Hey guys, we got a great show for you. I don't have anything scripted that just came to me a few minutes ago, so I'm going to just go flow with it, but I will be led by the Holy Ghost. Okay, we're coming from Romans chapter 12. This is a famous scripture. I've heard this about 50 times. And so I'm going to read it and I'm going to break down the revelation that I received. Okay, it says Romans chapter 12, verse one and number two. We are going to put emphasis on number two, but I'm going to start at number one. It goes, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed. Here we go. Here we go. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I like it how it states it in the NIV. I like that a little bit better. So I'm going to read to you from the NIV. Here you go. Once again, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Oh, I just love that right there. This is the true and proper worship. All right. So it says verse number two. Here we go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then and only then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing and his perfect will. Okay, so basically what the scripture is saying is it says present your body as a living sacrifice, kind of like an oxymoron sacrifice. It means you're going to kill something. You're going to shed blood, but it's saying present yourself as a living sacrifice. What it's saying is every morning that you wake, you are dead to your old thoughts and you're taking on the new thoughts of Christ. Every day we are to renew our mind. Now, the word says, but be you transformed by the renewing. Now, re, it means to do over, right? It's to redo. Re means to do something over. I-N-G, it means to continually. So we're supposed to continually redo something every day. All day, every morning, okay? We're supposed to renew our minds so that we take on the mind of Christ instead of the mind of this world. We take on the kingdom mindset instead of the worldly mindset. Now, often at times, this is how I used to uh, take this verse way out of context. And I've heard many people do the same thing. I would look at something and I would say, Oh, they conforming. <laughs> I would say that doesn't look holy. So they must be conforming. And that's how I thought this scripture was saying. When you look at something, you see, oh, they conforming. They, they're not singing gospel. So that means they conforming to the world. And <laughs> that's how we do, y'all. Folks can't sing other genres of music. Music is music. It's the message behind the music that makes it holy or or, or, or uh Otherwise, it, music is music. Genre, pop, uh, rap, uh, R&B, whatever. It's music. It's a sound. It's a particular sound. 
is a particular style. The message is what makes it holy or not. But that's another way we, we judge and we try to categorize people in conforming. But anyway, so we would look at things and based on the outside appearance, we would decide if they were holy or if they were conforming. But that is not what this scripture is saying. What this scripture is actually saying is you have to renew your mind. It is all about the motive. It is the motive behind the action, the motive that inspires the action or whether they're conforming or not. I'll give you an example. Let's say I'm giving somebody $10,000. Let's say another person is giving somebody $10,000. Now, we just did the exact same thing. We gave a person $10,000. We'll make their money holy and mine's not holy or vice versa. My money holy and theirs not holy. Okay. The other person could have gave the person $10,000 so that they can control them. It is to manipulate them. You see what I mean? And that's witchcraft. You're trying to be a blessing so that you can control. That's not God. That's a way of the world. They'll give you something so that they can control you. See, that's the motive. But the way of God is, I'm going to give you something because I just want to be a blessing. They gave you $10,000 to control you. I'm giving you $10,000 because I just want to be a blessing to you. You don't owe me anything. You don't owe me anything. God told me to do it. I wanted to be obedient. Here you go. Here's a check for $10,000. You see? So my point is, it is the motive behind what we do. And also, that's why it says, do not be conformed to the ways of the world. It's talking about the thought process of the world. Okay? I will submit to you, that we conform way more than what we think. And I'm talking way more. Now, I'm going to give you this example. This example was brought to me by my man of God, Pastor Scott T. Sanders, Raymond International Ministries. He said something and I was just like, you know what? This is why you have the mic, sir. I mean, it made so much sense. He said that he was just talking about, you know, how society, the world, they condition us to, okay, let me, let me slow my spirit down, as Bishop Dan Robinson would say. Okay. As you get grown, <laughs> you move out for mom and daddy, there's this thing called what? Bills. <laughs> we all hate them, but bills are necessary in order to obtain a certain lifestyle that you want. Okay. So, what when we start paying bills, the thing that they teach us is what they tell us to just be comfortable with making the monthly payments. Just be comfortable with making the monthly payments. You're like, OK, the great roasting. We supposed to make the monthly payments on time. You are right. But here's one thing. Here's the kicker. Why don't they stress about you paying off the balance? Think about it. They tell you to make the monthly payments. They don't never stress the balance because they know if they can get you to make the monthly payments, that there's this thing called interest. And so by you making the monthly payments, 
then that means that that'll delay you paying off the total thing. And so the more you make the monthly payments, the longer they can pile on interest. And then therefore, by the time you finally pay the thing off, you'd have been unpaid for the thing at least two or three times just in interest alone. <laughs> it's witchcraft. It is the love of money. That is the pattern of the world. You see what they're going to do? It's the love of money. This system, this whole worldly system is built off the love of money. And I'm, I'm going to digress for a second. The love of money is actually the love of self. I got this from a man of God. What it's saying is, it's, it's, it's the ultimate selfishness. It's saying that I don't care about nobody else. Only thing I care about is myself. To love God is to love people. To love money is to love yourself. So what they're saying is, that's why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. It said the love. It didn't say money, but it said the love of money is the root of all evil. So that means that the love of money is the foundation of evil. So, so the foundation of evil is not the devil. That, the, that love, the love of money is more powerful than the devil? Deep, right? Yeah, I ain't mean to hit you with that, but hey, we going there, so we going to go there. Anyway, so it's the love of money. So if I can manipulate them to only focus on the monthly payments, then we can really make more money. Think about that. Interest is the devil. Why don't you just have a flat fee? Think about that. <laughs> and so... We were conditioned to only make monthly payments, but there's a but, there's a but. See, the gospel means the good news. Gospel, it literally means the good news. It's almost too good to be true, but it is true. So God says, I got a way to fix that. Oh, no, man. We all know that scripture, right? The only thing that we're supposed to owe is love. So God is saying, get out of debt. And notice he said, oh, no, man. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. So God is commanding you to be debt free. A lot of times we look at debt freedom as, oh, wow, you know, it's just, you know, it's a dream. It's a fantasy. Some people achieve it. Some people don't. No, if you're a child of God, you're supposed to be debt free. You see, but we're so used to conforming to the ways of the world that we're just focused on monthly payments. If I were to ask you how much is your total mortgage, would you be able to tell me? Some would, most wouldn't. Why? Because they're just focused on that monthly. If I were to tell you how much you got left on your car, would you be able to tell me? Once again, some would, most wouldn't. Why? Because we're focused on the monthly. <laughs> because that is a way of the world. We're conforming to how they think. I bet you didn't think it was that deep, did you? But it is. And there's so many other examples in what we do. Now, I'll be here all day, but I'm just going to focus on this one example. OK, so in order so in order to do that, what we have to do, renew our mind. So you say, OK, God, you want me to be debt free. How do I go about obtaining this debt freedom status? Well, first off, you need to know the balance. You can't pay on you can't pay off if you don't know the price. It's like this. If you don't know your balance, then you're not keeping score. How do you know if you're winning or losing if you're not keeping score? <laughs> I know I'm hitting you deep, man, but I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself. So me and my wife, I, I want to give an excitement. And we, me and wife, we started doing this. We're getting the balances of all our bills. 
and we're going to come together. We're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord. And he's going to give us a supernatural solution in how to be debt free. You could do the same. If you're single, it'd be you and the Lord. If you're, if you're, if you're married, you and your spouse. But that is a way of the world. That, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's how we conform because we're so focused on the monthly. Go after the balance. Because then what happens is when you go after the balance, you cut down on interest. And then you pay it off much faster. And then once you pay something off much faster, that means you don't have to dish out that cash anymore. So that means that money is coming back to you. So you see more of your money. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is like I said, this is just one example. But we conform a lot more than what you think. A lot of times we conform when we look at people. Well, uh, they were singing gospel. Now they singing secular. Oh, that dance, that's of the world. That's a dance of the world. You're like, oh, this is, but yeah. But 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 there's so much more. So the bottom line is we have to constantly renew our mind. Dead to my old thoughts, alive to the mind of Christ. Okay? So, like I said, I'm gonna give you this example. Um, or I'm gonna give you some instructions. Gather up all your balances, even student loans. I know we think that we can't pay them off and naturally we can't, but supernaturally we can. I know testimonies of $90,000 just being wiped out after three payments. <laughs> it's supernatural. If your life is not supernatural, then it's superficial. I got that from a man of God, Pascal T. Sanders. So it's time for us to live in the supernatural natural we are supposed to have blessings that we can't even explain like i don't know how this happened all i can say is god <laughs> that's the life we're supposed to live i don't know how it, it was just god i can't explain it i could try to figure it out but i won't be able to figure it out i believe you with this last saying i'm reading this book i started my book club it's called the it's called uh readaholics and i've started it and, and shout out to my boy terry who already read his first book, The Millennials. And he said he's about to start on the next one. I'm like, golly, I got to catch up to you. <laughs> Shout out to my boy, Ted. Shout out to my boy, DC, too, man. Keep the podcast coming, man. It's definitely food for the soul, man. Good substance, too. But anyway, I've started my book club. It's called Readaholics. And so this is my first book. It's called The Blessed Life, right? And so it's a very powerful book. It's by Robert A. Morris. And there's this saying that I want to, uh, I wrote down that I want to say to you. It says right here, it says a blessed man may or may not be wealthy by the world standard, but they enjoy a quality of life that most billionaires would envy. It says the days of the blessed person, that's us because we're blessed. We're in Christ. So that means that we are blessed. It says the days of the blessed person are filled with divine coincidences and heavenly meaning. And then finally, blessed means having supernatural power working for you. Supernaturally, that power is going to come and wipe out those debts. We're supposed to be debt free. So let's conform to the way of God's thinking, the mind of Christ. Hey Amen. I love you. It's your brother, Great Roski. Checking in one time for the one time. Hey, man, greatness has no peak. When was the last time you did something for the first time? And you already know where purpose is not known. Abuse is inevitable. I love you. I know you can do about it. God bless. Yeah.